right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to be back with it this week, chatting to you during Monday Night Football, making a very strategic decision to podcast during that time. Uh, not, not really, I just wanted to podcast and thought that this was the right time for me to do it, so that's what I'm going to do. Uh, we are going to chat about Justin Holiday today. Uh, got a couple of other topics lined up, of course, but hopefully everybody's having a great night. Excited for the prospect of this podcast. Uh, what an interesting weekend in Colorado sports. What an interesting weekend around the world, Coco Golf wins a title at 19 in tennis. Uh, also, Novak Djokovic wins a title. I uh, had an interesting debate this weekend with somebody about Novak Djokovic, and I think I won is all I will say. So congrats to all of our, our Serbian listeners. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. But as I mentioned at the top, let's talk about Justin Holiday. I wanted to chat about Justin because... He was signed, and a lot of people were like, that's it. A lot of people were wondering what Denver's plan was in the offseason when Bruce Brown was signed or signed by Indiana, and Denver re-signs DeAndre Jordan. They let Jeff Green walk. Uh, they re-signed Reggie Jackson. That was not what Nuggets fans had in mind initially. And then you have um, Justin Holiday, who they signed, and it's not the sexy signing that a lot of people were hoping that Denver would make with their taxpayer MLE, uh, but it was a good one. And I think it's one that a lot of people have let go under the radar because they don't expect them to play. I'm here to tell you that Justin Holiday is probably going to play more than people think. Justin Holiday is a veteran who has been in a lot of big games before. He has started plenty of games in his NBA career, and has been on the carousel over the last year and a half or so, going to situations that don't make sense for his skill set, or that people think would make sense for his skill set, and it just doesn't work out for one reason or another. And I'm going to talk about why. I wanted to chat about Justin Holiday for a little bit, then we'll talk about the football weekend, we will talk about the World Cup and USA's failure there, Serbia's silver medal things like that. There's a lot to get to. Uh, but first, let's talk about Holiday. Uh, Calvin Booth added him. Minimum deal. This is bare bones. This was nothing crazy. Not a sexy signing like I talked about. Um, and a lot of people, or at least the sentiment that I had when I recorded a reaction podcast with Swipa, was that Justin Holiday, though the only reason that Denver had him was for insurance. They are not going to play him in front of Peyton Watson. Is he going to get in the way of Christian Brown's development? Things like that. Uh, I didn't necessarily go that direction. I thought, hey, let me let me see what happens here. Because Justin Holiday is a bench guard, a bench wing, that I have coveted for the Nuggets for a long time. Uh, his play with Indiana has been awesome. Every single trade deadline, you think there's an opportunity to get a guy like that. A rotation wing that you can trust in the playoffs to defend, can trust to make shots when they're asked to, that's a good thing. That's like, it's very rare to get those guys. 
Now, Denver in this last offseason didn't need a guy like that heading into the playoffs this next or this past year because they had KCP, Bruce Brown, Christian Brown on the wing and on top of Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Jeff Green, guys like that. So they didn't need that kind of guy. They didn't need that player. And they won the title. And then Bruce Brown goes. And you are left thinking, okay, so what is Denver's goal? What are they trying to do with this spot? And I see Justin Holiday as a great low-risk solution there that not a lot of people have discussed. You've been you've heard a lot about Julian Strother, you've heard a lot about Hunter Tyson, you've heard a lot about Jalen Pickett, you've certainly heard a lot about Peyton Watson as guys that will step into that rotation spot. Uh, could potentially play a better role for Denver. And that might be true. It might be. I don't want to sit here and say that everybody else is wrong and I'm right. But I do want to talk about why he regressed and potentially set some different expectations for what people are hoping for with this Nuggets rotation now. So let's talk about the regression. Let's talk about the numbers that Justin Holliday has put up. I'm going to put some numbers on the screen here. Um, and. Not the perfect uh, placement for this graphic, but it is what it is. I, so uh, you just look at it there, look at it pretty bare bones. Over the course of the first two and a half years of the stretch here uh, between Indiana and uh, basically in Indiana, played 194 games, uh, better part of three seasons. Average 28 minutes per game in Indiana was a rotational wing. Very helpful. Average to steal a night. Uh, shot the ball pretty well. 38.8% from three in those games is really impressive. And per 36, those numbers hold up pretty well against other bench wings. Because what you're looking for is not that crazy. Uh, you're just looking for a guy like Justin Holiday to defend, space the floor, make the occasional play, uh, and then run the occasional play for him. And that's all you want. And and he has the versatility to be able to guard a lot of different people. And that's why he has been coveted around the league. Um, then you look at those other numbers in Sacramento, Atlanta, Dallas, and the minutes per game clearly falling off. Clearly doesn't have the same uh, desire to, or the other teams didn't have the same desire to play him. And you can see why. Those numbers do not look good. Uh, 4.9 points, 1.4 rebounds. 0.5 assists, lower shooting percentages, and a clearly a lower three-point percentage in this last year and a half. But if you look at the per 36 numbers on the other stats outside of shooting, they are very similar. Like, it, it really is close. One less rebound, but he had the same amount of assists, same amount of steals. Didn't really fall off as a defender. Like, that wasn't really the thing. It's not the reason why teams are struggling to defend while he's on the court. Maybe his skill set doesn't translate, but if you're playing next to bad defenders, if you're Justin Holiday, then that could be a problem. Like, no wonder he may not have worked out in Dallas when they didn't have a starting caliber center. Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are playing a bunch of minutes in those particular stints, and you can't just throw Justin Holiday in there to be one Band-Aid when your entire arm needs to be amputated. Like that's just not how it not how it works from a defensive perspective. So I don't want to sit here and say that I think that 
Justin isn't to blame for any of the lower numbers here. Like he's going to have to shoot better in this kind of situation in Denver. But I think he will. I think Denver has a really strong ecosystem where if you commit to what you're trying to commit to and you have Jokic, you're going to get some open shots. You're going to get some freebies. And it just would not surprise me if he fit really well in a, for a team like Denver. Now, the kicker, of course, is that in the minutes that, were, that you'd be asking Justin Holiday to play, he's not going to play with Jokic a ton. He's going to play off the bench. He's going to play with some staggered lineups. He's going to play with Christian Brown and Peyton Watson and Zeke Naji and Hunter Tyson and Jalen Pickett and guys like that. Maybe a staggered lineup with Murray or maybe a staggered lineup with Porter, Aaron Gordon, guys like that. So that could be the fault, uh, the failings uh, where he's not in a system where a lot of people are creating shots for him. Maybe that's where a lot of people are going wrong with this. Denver doesn't have the perimeter playmaking off their bench that they thought that they should. And when you let go of Bruce Brown, or not let go of him, when he walks, and you don't really replace him with anybody outside of Reggie Jackson, then, or and that's not even really replacing, you're just retaining Reggie Jackson, then there's going to be a lot of questions. However, I still think that having a veteran option who you can trust, who you know that if they do get the ball in transition, if they do get the ball on a kick out in a clutch fourth quarter, like the beginning of a fourth quarter, you need the play to be made. Justin Holiday is still a guy that you can trust in those moments, I believe. I don't think that that's wrong to say. So with that in mind, I've got some comps for him. Let me take this off the screen. Five comps for Justin Holiday. Uh, I was going back and looking through. I was, I was sorting those per 36 numbers, and this is what I came up with. Older Danny Green, not necessarily prime Danny Green in San Antonio, but the version that, that was in Philly, started some games. Don't want to just like say that that's like, not good. Like He clearly did some good stuff. Um, Pat Connaughton, very important role player with the Milwaukee Bucks. Not necessarily the first name that you think of when you think of Milwaukee success, but he is a guy that they could trust in the playoffs. Reggie Bullock, who is very similar to Justin Holiday, so it's not really a surprise that Dallas really struggled because they have a million different role-playing wings that they just couldn't find the right combination around Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Uh, Wes Matthews, another Milwaukee shooting guard that you can trust. And Austin Rivers, who, like, I think there were a lot of moments in not this season, but the season before his last season in Denver, where people were wondering, okay, so why was Austin Rivers in the game? Why is he playing over Bones Highland? Why is he playing over uh pick young player here? In the end, Austin Rivers became very important for Denver. He became so essential that the lineup that I was clamoring for against the Golden State Warriors to play the most was Monte Morris, Will Barton, Austin Rivers, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. And that ended up being their best group for much of it. It actually wasn't until Austin Rivers got injured in that game five. He had to leave that game. Jokic also left that game. Uh, that Denver's hopes of coming back against the Warriors were ultimately dead. Like there were, there were some good moments that Austin Rivers had in the Nuggets uniform. So what I'm really trying to get at here is that every team, pretty much every team, has a veteran wing that they can trust. 
They have a veteran off the bench that you know that they can go to in times of need, and you know that they will trust with some of those big shots. They're going to leave you wanting a little bit. They're going to leave you, oh man, wish he was a little bit more athletic, wish he, wish he was a little bit faster, wish he could handle the ball a little bit more, finish around the rim a little bit better. But Holiday is this guy for Denver. And I think that there are going to be moments where he plays, where he plays a lot for the Nuggets, because I think there also are going to be points where Christian Brown really struggles, or Peyton Watson really struggles, or Denver doesn't want to go to Julian Strother because he can't defend, or Hunter Tyson because he's not athletic enough, or Jalen Pickett because he's too short. Like, Justin Holiday is 6'6 with a 7-foot wingspan who's played a bunch of minutes on good teams and has been a functional role player in the league for a long, long time. And that's what Denver needs. They don't need anything crazy. They don't need the flash. They don't need the sizzle. They just need somebody to get up in the morning and do their job. So I think Justin Holiday, the way you could describe him is blue collar. He plays that way. He is a rugged defender who makes plays in passing lanes, can block some shots, and will do a lot of the things that the Nuggets ask their shooting guards to do. And so if you ever see KCP missing a game here or there, it may not be Christian Brown who finishes the game. It may not be Peyton Watson who finishes the game. It might be Justin Holiday. Like, think about the lineup for a second. Jamal Murray, Justin Holiday, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. To me, I trust that group pretty like pretty strongly. <laughs> I don't think I, Justin Holiday is the weak link there, but it's not that weak because you're not asking him to do a lot offensively. All he's got to do is run the same things that KCP did, and I think he'll do it pretty well. So I am now officially setting my expectations for Justin Holiday to compete for regular season minutes, push Christian Brown and Peyton Watson especially, uh, as being the first guy off the bench and wondering whether he's the guy that I trust most off the bench in a playoff situation. Let's do the list. Let's let's list all the all the bench guys real quick. I think everybody's expectation heading into the into the playoff or into the regular season is that Reggie Jackson will be at the 1, Christian Brown at the 2, Peyton Watson at the 3, uh throw in Hunter Tyson at the 4. Uh, for now, given that Vlatko's injured, and Zeke Nagy at the five. That That's probably your, your preseason expectation of what the bench will look like, a, a full bench. Do you trust all of those guys to be playoff contributors? I don't. I, I think that there is an argument that Denver is still looking for the guy off the bench that they can throw in and mix in with their group. Think about what really worked for Bruce Brown. It was the versatility. It was his malleability into different roles. And I think that of the players that I just listed, the most versatile is probably Christian Brown. So he'll probably be the guy that we're talking about here, given that he was a rookie and that he should experience a leap. But when I say should and if and possible, Justin Holliday has been doing this for a long time. So I don't want to just immediately write off the fact that he he has done this. So put him out there. That is a very strong possibility. So I think if I were ranking Nuggets bench players and their trust factor, it goes Christian Brown, Justin Holiday. Justin Holiday would be my second most trusted player. So that's wild. And it's wild that we've I'm talking about it that way. And we can at least like 
have some questions there on, on what that'll look like. So I think that this is going to be a very interesting preseason. It's going to be a very interesting training camp. And at the at beginning of the regular season, you may see Justin Holiday in that rotation over a guy like Peyton Watson, or they decide to move Peyton to the four and play Justin Holiday next to Christian Brown. That would not surprise me either. So we will see what ultimately happens, but I'm very curious. I, I hope everybody uh, doesn't take this. I mean, it, it is serious, but like, look, you're allowed to stand for one guy or the other. I just think that Justin Holiday, he has not gotten any discussion around here as a possibility. So let me break that ice. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to do FIBA World Cup fallout as well as talk about this football weekend. I think this was a, a very cool weekend in Colorado sports. At least most of it was. But first, folks, why bet with the big boys this football season? Why, why don't you just try the local book? Like they're giving, they're giving you good deals too. And Superbook Sports, they are your choice this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. They are just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and then use promo code MILEHIGH. It's that promo code makes it easy. So make sure to bet with the best and use promo code MILEHIGH this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. And we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Hope everybody enjoyed their weekend. Let's wrap or yeah, let's wrap up second segment here. We're only doing two. Let's talk about the FIBA World Cup. Um, you had the top four teams make it. Uh, the top four teams that did make it were USA, Germany, Can Canada, and Serbia. I thought that was very interesting and pretty funny. That uh, unfortunately for um, like Serbia didn't have Jokic. That would have helped. For Canada didn't have Murray. He would have helped too. But USA and Germany make it, and Team USA, they falter. They lose to a, a better team in Germany, if we're just being honest. They had the right mix of guys. Uh, their bigs were dominating. They outmuscled Jaron Jackson Jr. And uh, actually, it wasn't, yeah, it was Jaron Jackson Jr. in the semifinal. And Walker Kessler barely played. Paolo Bancaro, a rookie, now second-year player, not necessarily ready to play the center position, especially in an important game like that. So those guys get muscled around by the German bigs, and obviously that's going to be an impact. And Germany wins. They win pretty pretty much going away. And then USA, they have a lot of guys that sit out in that bronze medal game going up against Shea Gilgis-Alexander, um, who was awesome against Serbia. Actually, no, he wasn't awesome because Abrazovic, or gosh, uh, I uh, I totally butchered that name. So Serbian listeners, I apologize. But it's the guy that starts with A who was a killer in the gold medal game. Um, absolute killer. Uh, Avros, Avrosovic, something like that. Um, he was great. 
And then like he he dominated in his matchup against Shea, made it work really hard. The Canadians lose. They could have had another, would have been nice if they had another ball handler. But in the bronze medal game, Shea goes off against USA. And Dylan Brooks, of all guys, goes off. He scores 39 points and makes a whole bunch of threes. And Canada wins. It just absolutely eviscerates the United States in overtime. Uh, but from an offensive perspective, like USA's defense just was not ready for what they had to do. And I just Austin Reeves in three of the final four games getting picked on a lot of the time. Just like everybody under the sun is attacking Austin Reeves and very easily scoring on him just because he's too small and not a good defender. And the bigs, that situation, the entire situation is pretty tough too. It doesn't help that Tyrese Halliburton's getting caught on every screen. Jalen Brunson's too small. A lot of reasons why Team USA faltered there in both the game against Germany and then the ensuing bronze medal game. Uh, But it caused a lot of fallout. And there's a lot of discussion about Jaron Jackson being overrated. A lot of discussion about, oh man, Austin Reeves is not him. Have you seen him try to defend? Uh, I think that's completely fair and completely understandable. Um, So, going to be fascinating. Going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, Quick question here from Par Pereira. Uh, Bro, when is the Jalen Pickett interview dropping? That will drop, I think, later this week. Uh, I am... Very excited about that. I, I had an opportunity to speak to Jalen Pickett. Uh, this is actually the first podcast I'm recording since um, having that conversation. So that should drop later this week. There's a lot of stuff going on in the football world, a lot of stuff going on. CU, Broncos, everything involved. So they are um, like a lot of guys at, at MHS, a little bit backed up right now on the audio uh, editing and video editing and things like that. So I am looking forward to seeing it as well and then seeing how it comes out. But that was awesome. That was really, really cool. Uh, so thank you for the shout out. Um, yeah, so FIBA fallout. I think in general that... Uh, let's talk about the gold medal game first. Uh, Serbia versus Germany. Close, close game until like into the third quarter. And then Serbia just collapses offensively in the second half. They did not have any semblance of offense for a long time. And we've actually seen that with Team Serbia before, where their offense just hums and hums and hums and looks great until it doesn't for some reason. I'm not sure. Like, that's with Jokic and without Jokic. I I don't want to just put it all on Jokic not being there. But for whatever reason, like, it can go through some spurts where you you score six points in seven minutes. And obviously the other team, if they're tied it before, like, they're going to gain a lead that is was pretty tough but the defense during that was pretty good it just ultimately didn't sustain um it's too bad that Jokic wasn't able to play obviously I know how tired he was like and I tried to explain that to people over the weekend not having it they were they were not super excited to hear my excuses for Nicola when guys like Luka Doncic were playing um but look it's not it's not Jokic's fault that he had to play into mid-June. Actually, it was his fault, but it's it's something that was expected of him uh, playing into the NBA Finals. It's the first time he's ever done that, and I think that there was a conscious decision made for Yoke that he did not want to play again this summer 
and then have the prospect of playing for the Olympics next summer. I think he made the choice between the two, and knowing how tired he was, knowing how much like how much the season wore on him in general, I think that he tried to say no to one event with the hope that he could play in the next one. That's my belief. Uh, so do we think that he will play in Paris in 2024? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think he'll play. I think Jamal Murray will play. Just like regardless of what happens in this regular season, I think he's going to want to. I think it's pretty clear. Um, as long as everybody's healthy, as long as everybody's physically ready to go after the season, I think there's going to be a conscious decision of, hey, we're going to take two weeks off and then go right into training camp for national teams. Because I think the the Olympic teams or the Olympics are starting July 26th, somewhere around there. So it's it's a little bit earlier than this, um, like August, August 25th was when the World Cup started. So a little bit different of a schedule. But I think that Jokic will be there. I think that Murray will be there. I wonder if Vlako Chanchar will be healthy by that time. He may try to give it a go. Like it's not every every time you get to play for the Olympic team. So hopefully he is healthy and, and feels good enough and, and wants to give that a go this time. That would be cool for him. Like I know how valuable that experience is for him. Um and potentially other guy. I mean, who knows? Maybe Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter gets an invite. I kind of doubt it, because if you don't get an invite to the World Cup team. Or who knows? Maybe they did. Maybe they did and they said no. Or they said no because of how tired they were. I don't want to say that they did because I actually don't know that one for sure. Um, But it would be cool if Aaron Gordon or Michael Porter was on the team. They'd be pretty helpful. They would have rebounded the basketball. That would have been a a good thing for this team. And you know Michael Porter's making shots and fits in better than Brandon Ingram. So there is a, a reason to believe that they could absolutely do it. Um. Para Pereira says, just going back to Serbia, if I'm Portland, I'm trading Dame for Jovic, their new draft pick, two picks in salary matching. Jovic impressed me. Yeah, he looked like he was not ready in that gold medal game. That was another one of my takeaways, that he just, he looked very green and like like a a newborn fawn uh, in that particular game. I did not watch the other game, so I don't want to like put words in anybody's mouth on, on how well he did, but some of the plays that he was making, I know there was a game where he was like, Nine of nine, and like just just shot the hell out of the ball. So, like he is a clearly a capable young prospect that Portland should value. Like there's no reason why they should not, like they they shouldn't turn their nose up at getting him because they they want a front court player, and it would be great. Like Jovic, I think upped his trade value in this uh, in this World Cup. So. Hopefully they see it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that deal gets done. I, I just I want to stop hearing about Dane. That that much I know. Um, but yeah, I don't know if y'all saw, but LeBron James, after, uh, seeing that the world cup team faltered in, and they couldn't even get their bronze, uh, LeBron James made sure to put it out there to Sham Sharania that he was interested in playing for the national team in the 2024 Olympics and that you'd get Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Devin Booker and Anthony Davis and, and the, the monsters, the all-stars, everybody like that possible that you could want for Team USA. The only player that they haven't really talked about is Joel Embiid, and they're they're trying to get him too, clearly, as another big that they can trust. Um, 
it'll be very fascinating to see who actually plays for Team USA. It still obviously comes down to health and what you believe you can do. It'll be interesting. Like I, I actually, I love the idea of Jokic. Let's say Denver wins a title. Let's say Jokic wins another finals MVP. And then he goes to the uh, Olympics and immediately has to play Team USA in an important game. How cool would that be? How awesome would that be? And like, just you see all of the stars trying to take their shots at Jokic who's been dominating the league for the last however many years. So that would be super dope. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing what Jamal will do with Canada. And I'm looking forward to seeing if any other Nuggets are able to go. Because it it is shaping up, I think, to be a really strong uh, Olympics. Like just, just as much talent as there's ever been in the Olympic field. Want to wrap up here real quick with this football talk. Um, I know this is a basketball podcast. I know that this is not necessarily what I should focus on, but it's what's going on right now. It's what's popular. It's what is the biggest story. I watched on Saturday um, the CU versus Nebraska game. And CU was there a little bit slow coming out of the gate, but they picked it up. They figured it out and ultimately put up 36 points, basically in their sleep on Nebraska. And that game was over in a flash. It felt like Colorado was the more talented team, like when they turned on the Jets. And a lot of people were wondering whether CU was going to be real. A lot of people were wondering what this experiment was going to look like. Because I I don't know if you're a, a Nuggets fan, if you're listening to this, you're wondering why he's talking about this. This really is the biggest local story because what Deion Sanders has done in transforming the CU program which went 1-11 last year. It was horrible. It was an absolutely disgusting team. 1-11. And now you're 2-0, heading into, like you've already outdone yourself from last year's win total. And the hype surrounding this team and what he's done and what Shador Sanders has done. Shador, excuse me. Um, it's incredible. It, it really is an incredible thing. And then all the hype with the Broncos, though that kind of fell on its face when they scored the same amount of points that they scored at the beginning of last year. Um, I want to focus on the positive, though, because the energy that was in the city this weekend was really insane. It was really, really cool. Uh, I went out on Saturday night after uh, with with some friends, with uh, with Cam, in fact, and one of his friends. Uh, was wearing a Shador Sanders jersey and got so many compliments on it. Like a lot of people going, Sco Buffs, Go Buffs, like things like that. Um, coming up to congratulate what was a, a really cool moment. And it really has revived football in Colorado because the Broncos have been down bad for as long as they have and they are probably staying down bad. Uh, but it is just really cool to see. And I think that Colorado is clearly a football town still had a great basketball moment that we love talking basketball and it's my job to talk basketball and I love doing it, but it really just felt different with the way that CU was doing this. Like they are the talk of sports. Joel Klatt, uh, the commentator for Fox, who was, who was commentating the game, CU Nebraska called CU the biggest story in sports. And that resonated with me because you take a program that was dead in the water and you breathe life into it, 
And it changes the way you think about things here. It changes the economy. It changes the vibes. It is an entirely different thing. So really interesting to see. Um, I am very excited to see what happens with that going forward. I am not as excited to see what happens with the Broncos, but who knows? Maybe when Jerry Judy comes back and Greg Dulcich, who was clearly healthy when or unhealthy when I tweeted about him not getting any um, any catches, I thought it was very interesting to see. Hopefully, they can score a little bit more points, the Broncos, but we'll see. Uh, like I like I said, Deion and Shadur Sanders, they are incredible. They're turning around the, the city, turning around the state, if we're being honest. And I'm really excited what for what is to come with them because it is a big story. And if you want to read more about it, if you want to hear more about it, Mile High Sports has been doing a lot of coverage. Uh, so all the socials, all the articles that are coming out, all of the radio, like there, there's there's a lot of, like you're, you're going to lead with CU a lot of the time, even on a Monday night sh- or a Monday show for your radio show, which is crazy. So either way, really fun to see. And I'm excited to hear more about it. Uh, by the way, just saw another comment pop up about the Jalen Pickett interview. Uh, that interview is not dropped yet. It will drop. It is something that we recorded. And then with everything going on, uh, we have, uh, we're holding on to it for just a little bit. So it will be out very soon, or at least we're trying to turn it around. Uh, but I am, I am excited to, uh, I'll make sure everybody knows about it. Don't worry. It'll post and I'll spout it out on my, all, all of my socials. So should be good. Um, but folks, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know it's a Monday. I know Monday Night Football is going on right now, first Monday of the season. But with Aaron Rodgers going down, I thought, okay, I am safe to podcast. There's no reason why I shouldn't podcast right now because I bet that that game is now a decidedly different game from when I uh, first started the show. So we will see. But for now, that is going to do it. I will be back on Wednesday. We will be chatting about other topics uh, maybe I'll get swipe on for that show. Who knows? Uh, we're, I, we've recorded a lot of offline content, so that is all dropping soon as well. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Appreciate all the love and support. Hit that like button if you're on YouTube, and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you are on Apple or other online podcasts. See you guys.